Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapult Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapult Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Our guest today, Scott Lease, is, let's just say, is a sales connoisseur, business connoisseur, overall thought leader in this space. He's the CEO and founder of the Scott Lease Consulting Company. He's also found uh, the CEO and founder of Surf and Sales, which is brings a much needed change to the world of sales conference and sales growth. He is the co-founder of Thursday Night Sales, the number one v- vir- the number one weekly virtual sales happy hour in the world. He is a plethora of advisory teams, so he sits on several advisory boards for several companies uh, advising on scaling and growing your sales business. Overall, Scott is a a thought leader in this space, and I'm humbled and honored to have him on the Catapult Commissions podcast. Scott, welcome to the show. Man, that was uh, a heck of an intro. I'm, I'm, you got me blushing over here. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, I could have went a little further. I could have talked a little bit about your your best-selling books and, and everything that you've done and and everything you've grown, but I got to be honest with you, man. You you have such a remarkable background with it i'm more humbled to have you so if you ever feel down on yourself scott just go back and listen to the intro be like man it's like yeah i got, I got a new hype. you're my new hype man dude you're hired that that's it buddy come on the stage i hype the crowd up man you'll get it going <laughs> but so, so scott let's 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 jump into this right so i have talked to numerous people who uh you know have consulting firms or want to consult and, and just don't really have that niche down i look at you and you're focusing on companies scaling zero to $25 million. You're working both domestic, international. Right now, let's just say the biggest challenge affecting the catapult commissions of the community and, and people who work in sales is everyone talks about wanting to scale and grow their business. The world of business has dramatically changed in the past 24 months. What we thought was a secure opportunity isn't secure. What we thought was, uh, you know, what we thought we, you know, you could never work remotely from home 100%. Companies are smashing that concept. They've been before, but I think even at an accelerated net rate now. So how do companies really, like, what is the, what is the, the focus right now? If I want to scale and continue to grow and increase sales, increase revenue, and I'm in that small, you know, let's just call it the small to medium-sized business range between zero and $25 million in annual revenue. What are some of the paths that these companies have to take to continue to grow and scale their sales? Well, I, I think you have to really lock in on your ideal customer profile and not waste time chasing um, accounts that you might not be able to serve the right way or you know maybe you're going to take too long or, or whatever or don't make economic sense. I mean, you talked about the fact that you know I kind of hone in on companies going zero to 25 million like I, it's even further than that. Like I don't, I won't really work with bootstrap companies anymore. I, I, to me, it's companies who have raised a seed or a Series A or a Series B. Like that's my ICP. 
very, very specific. They want to build a sales playbook. They need people. They need a VP of sales. They're going to be hiring. Like, so for whatever your business is, really, really lock in and understand that ICP and understand what their world is like, all the challenges they're going through, all the problems that they have. So really just knowing your customer really, really well and uh, being able to articulate and have a business conversation with them uh, about what's going on in their world. That demonstrates expertise. And that expertise becomes credibility. That credibility becomes trust. That trust becomes, hopefully, a uh, client, right? So you're locking in on that. And then you got to come up with like a repeatable way to, to grow revenue. Then what happens to a lot of early companies, especially it's like founder-led sales type approach, it's siloed and locked inside your head. And you just try to like tell people over a couple conversations, hey, Anthony, just do this. This is what works for me. Come on, go, go do it. And it can't replicate it. So what you do is you got to get it out of your head and onto paper. So you write it all out. I write out my ICP, I write out my buyer personas, I write out my cold call pitch, I write out my demo script, and on and on and on and on. Then it becomes something that's easier for brand new people to the organization to digest and to learn and get trained on and get onboarded with and follow along on their second screen. Like I got my sales script here and things like that. Um, and it's, it's a little bit of a painful process to put all this stuff down on paper that works. But that's an extra step that most people don't take. And I work with a lot of startups. And I'm telling you, the ones that do this right are the ones that continue to grow, grow, grow. The ones that don't and they avoid this, they eventually kind of plateau. And they're like, oh, what the fuck? Like, nobody else can do what I do. Well, you didn't do a very good job of documenting what you do. And therefore, other people can't really learn it. So those are a couple of things that I would, I would kind of focus on. Oh, yeah. I, I love how you say that, right? Because one, that ideal customer profile, I, I love it. I mean, you know, I, I have clients that I've coached. and I'm like, who who are we selling to? And they're like, to everyone. I'm like, you're selling to fucking no one. Like, let's just be honest. If you're selling to everyone, you're selling to no one. So I love that. I, I The repeatable way to drive revenue, it's, it's, it's funny you say it because I see that, right? And you, you're working with companies much larger than, than, than I work with. I see some of these bootstrap startup companies sometimes that I work with that I'm like, okay, you CEO founder, yeah, you're really good. But you're if you want to run a small business that scales and maybe hits seven figures and you can pay your mortgage and, and cool. But if you want to if you want to pass that bucket, you can't do that. And I would even argue to even to get to that seven figure mark, you, you have to pull these thoughts out. I mean, I, I've told clients multiple times, I'm like, hey, if you're the if you're the, the best, then record it. Like just uh, turn on Loom, turn on Zoom, tr record yourself, transcribe it, give it a fucking assistant, have them create. Hey, here's what you say. Here's what you do. Let's create that process. So I love I love that repeatable set of steps. When you when you have that conversation with, hey, you can't have this stuff locked in your head, what is some of the pushback that some of these, the, you know, because let's be honest, right? Some of these guys who or, or gals, I don't want uh, to segment, some of these guys or gals that run these companies that are that are starting to grow, like there's exponential growth, they're really like highly type A focused laser type people that are just running a million miles a minute. What is some of the pushback you get when you say, hey, let's take a step back, let's create a process. And then here's my question to you, Scott. And I've heard this before, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. When you, when you create a process, do you get pushback from delegating that process? Because everyone believes, you know, every CEO is the best person to sell their product, their service, their company. I'm not going to hire somebody or I'm going to delegate this to somebody. 
they may not do it as well and they want to hold it forever. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think you're right, number one. Um, so some of the pushback is, you know, it might slow us down. Well, I don't know if you ever watched F1 or car racing or anything like that, but these dudes, um, newsflash, slow down a little bit before the turn. Because if they don't <laughs> slow down before the turn, they smash into the wall and it doesn't end well. Okay? So sometimes you got to slow down in order to speed up. Right? That doesn't mean you're going to slow down to a dead stop. It just means, okay, this is working pretty good. Let's write all this down and really figure out exactly what works and make sure it's all documented. And then we can deploy it to this new you know, cohort of sales reps that we bring on board and they're going to be able to succeed. Right. So if we did this on our own, we maybe go to three, four million on our own. We get it into the hands of a team and they can take us to 10 million. Right. And it may be backloaded to once these people have ramped up, but exponential growth kind of happens. So people don't see the forest through the trees and they're so fixated on like whatever dollar I can get right now today. They fuck up and don't understand that they could get a whole pot of gold by putting all this stuff down and doing in that kind of a, that kind of work. Right. So that's, that's a big, big part of it. You know? Yeah. I love, I love the analogy of slowing down before you hit a churn. Cause you're definitely going to spin and tail out. Um, yeah. And, and, then the, and, and, the, and, the, and the delegation piece, like you, you can't, you have to find a way to scale yourself. Okay. You can't, I can't clone Anthony. I can't clone Scott. Right. So all I can do is get the institutional knowledge that I have out of my head, share it with people. And then, you know, the famous quote is you hire good people and you get the hell out of their way. You got to learn to trust these people. You got to learn to delegate. You got to hire people who are better than you to do a particular role. So if I, I'm the CEO of my company, I recognize that I'm not good at financing, finances, right? So I have an accountant who does all that. I don't try to do it myself. If I'm a VP of sales and I know what I need from a revenue ops, sales ops perspective, but I don't know how to build Salesforce dashboards, why would I do that? That's not a good use of my time. Why don't I hire this expert of revenue ops and sales ops and, and have them help? So you, you think about these things and sort of figure out like, where am I deficient? Okay, that's a place that I could supplement and add to my team and I have to let go. The, the CEO of a company, especially a B2B, like SaaS kind of company, you got to let it go. You know, you got other things to focus on, becoming the evangelist for the product, fundraising, you know, all of this kind of thing. You got to trust these other people to execute what has worked for you historically. And hopefully they're able to do it even better than you were able to do it because a lot of founders are not, you know, salespeople by trade, right? That's not their main discipline. So, Get the, get the knowledge out of your head, transfer it over to somebody and again, get the hell out of their way. Oh, I like this. So let, let's talk about that for a second. So you're transferring that knowledge to somebody, right? If you're a founder, yeah, yeah, and I would, yeah, I would agree. Some of these founders are, are definitely not the best salesperson. So they find somebody and, or they build a sales team. It is an incredibly amazing time right now to have a high level skill set such as sales. Like if you are a true sales professional with a true skill set, whether you're working in SaaS, uh, working in medical, working in ag, working in B2B, working in enterprise sales for different organizations. I mean, your skill set is so transferable. It is 
such a wanted skill set, right? The the talent war is at an all time high right now. So if you're if I want to scale my company, I I need to have a strong sales force, Scott. How do these companies retain these people? Like, what is your thoughts on on retaining the team you bring on board? Because it's it's one thing to get them in the door, but you know yeah. as well as I do, Scott, if they're super talented, LinkedIn is is a gift and a curse, right? LinkedIn's amazing to network, but some of your best people on LinkedIn, right? They're active, they're vocal, and there's another company following them, slowly ready to poach your top talent. How do we retain those people? Yeah. <clears throat> um First of all, you have to help them achieve their goal. So you got to set a reasonable goal and help them achieve their goal. It's a lot less likely for somebody to leave who's hitting their target and overperforming on their target. Then you got to provide coaching, training, development, mentorship. It, it's not enough anymore to just like help somebody hit their goal and then that's it. People want to learn about all sorts of different new skills. They want to move up market. They want to learn about leadership. They want to learn about ops or marketing. They want to learn about personal branding. They want to learn about doing this side hustle and that side hustle. They want to learn about finances. They want to learn about real estate. They want to learn about things that are pertinent to their life. Provide those kind of training opportunities to people. Um, then have a inclusive and supportive kind of culture and environment. You know, I I'm sorry, but the boiler room cultures uh, of yesteryear are gone. They don't exist anymore and people don't stand for that kind of thing. So you got to have a safe space. It's got to be okay for people of different backgrounds. And you're talking about gender diversity. You're talking about sexual orientation, diversity. You're talking about people who have uh, sales experience and people who have no sales experience. You're talking about people who are in their sixties as well as people who are in their twenties. Like, it has to be this inclusive kind of space where people are allowed to be human, right? Gone are the days where it's like, oh, Anthony, uh, your, your kid is in the hospital. Oh, that's, that's, that's too bad. Hit your fucking number. No, that doesn't play. That doesn't play anymore. That's not, that's not the way to do it, you know? And you create that kind of environment, you as a leader, by talking about what's going on in your own life. You know, if I, if I set an example by saying, Hey, listen, uh, I gotta, I gotta sign off about three o'clock today. I've got a doctor's appointment that makes it safe and acceptable and, and wise for you, Anthony, as a team member of mine to do the same thing, to take care of yourself. You know, if I have to leave early one day, because I got to go pick up my kid and, and take him to his, uh, you know, middle school soccer game, I'm doing that. I'm not sacrificing that. So you got to support that. You have to have a increased level of flexibility that you might not have been able, you know, you could have got away with maybe not having 10, 15 years ago. It doesn't work anymore. There's so many options out there. So you got to recruit like you prospect, meaning every single day you got to be pounding the recruiting, you know, train, right? You got to hustle, it never stops. And you got to retain like you renew. If you're trying to renew a client, that client better be having a good experience. They better be using the product, right? They better be getting proactively, you know, uh, approached and whatever support issues they have get solved with straight away because you're asking them to spend for another year. That's the same thing with an employee right now. You got to put in the time and show that you want them there. 
and you got to convince them in some way that they should stick around. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode. I hope you're enjoying what you have heard thus far. Have you heard the good news? The international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions, has been named a 2021 Selling Power Magazine book recommendation. And I want to thank you, the Catapulting Commissions family. You can claim a free copy by texting hello to 661-228-8967. You can also find out more information at catapultingcommissions.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. I, I I think as you're going this, it's almost like there's two customers. There's a customer that provides me revenue that purchases my service, purchases my product, you know, gives me their credit card, gives me their POs, whatever, whatever the transaction method takes place, subscribes to me or whatever. Then there's the customer that represents me, which is yeah. that salespeople. And so your 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 approach is saying treat both, you know, treat the customer that represents you just like you treat the customer that pays you. And, and that that's kind of how I took that from there. And I, and I love that approach. And and I agree, dude. I think I think that boiler room, high pressure, high close. And, and, and here's the thing. There are still sales thought leaders that are out really just pressing and teaching this philosophy, which I think is is just bullshit. Let's just be honest. It is what it is. I'm not going to say their names, but some, you know, a lot of people know them or follow them. I just listen. I'm like, I got to be honest with you, man. That shit was amazing and made you grow 25 years ago. But do that today, like come, come be in my shoes for a day and go and, 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 and live a sales experience. You're like, dude, you're gonna get fucking kicked out of boardrooms with that shit. Like there, yeah. there, there has to be a very strategic methodical approach. So I love that. I love where you're hearing that, which, which brings me to talk about some of the changes that take place in the world right now. I, I am ecstatic to spend a few minutes to talk about this right here. Sales conferences have existed forever, Scott. I mean, they are they are still, there's, there's sales conferences that companies send their people, there's sales conferences that entrepreneurs attend, there's sales conferences that high performers say, hey, I want to go get something extra and, and improve and grow uh, on my own. They have all, I don't want to say for the, they, I would say for the most part, they're all a really similar format, except for one. And I don't <laughs> know if you're the only one that's different, but I've not found one that's different. And I spent a lot yeah. of time looking at sales conference. What in the world is Surf and Sales, the Surf and Sales Summit? You've co-founded this several years ago. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, man. It's just the uh, <clears throat> it's the anti-establishment large sales conference. It's total opposite. It's uh, 20 people at a time, a couple different cohorts a year. Uh, my partner, Richard Harris, and I, take 20 people down to Costa Rica. We rent a bunch of houses on the, on the beach and we do about five, six hours of sales and, and, and leadership training sessions a day. And the rest of the time we surf in the morning, we surf in the evening, we have food cooked for us and people clean up for us. It's full service kind of situation. And you're spending a week with people just like you, people who have been through the, uh, roles and experiences that you are, people who've been there if you're younger, people who've been there and done that. If you're at the top, it's good to spend time with people who are younger in their, in their career and kind of remind yourself why you got started. And it's this experiential kind of learning opportunity, deep, deep networking, as opposed to surf, surface level, superficial, run around and scan badges and get pitched at fucking booths all day long. It's not that. 
And everybody who comes walks away with, you know, 20 relationships that they might buy from, that they might sell to, that they might recruit from, and just friendships, man. People are supporting each other in their lives and their, and their career. And, and so it's become this, you know, killer alumni group in this kind of micro community on its own. And, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of fun and people just walk away saying this is transformational and holy shit, everybody should go to this. So that, that was it, man. It's just, uh, how do I do something different? How do I get away from this idea that bigger is always better? You know, sometimes smaller is a lot better. Mm. Mm. I, when you're saying that conference and like the, the traditional sales conference, those booths, I have, I've gone to numerous of these events. I, I, fuck, I would say over hundreds now at this point in my career. I've never left one of those conferences like, man, I'm so glad I got to meet XYZ person and had a great conversation. Like it is, it is such a like just fucking sardine can of just salespeople and, and account executives and people trying to sell and people trying to buy and you're trying to, you're yeah. trying to network. So you, you have to be very strategic with who you go to and then you're competing. Maybe not for that, not for like, you're not competing in the terms of like revenue, but you're competing for attention. Right, this is just. But I'd like yeah. to sit and talk with you, and then I, I look at it too. When when people have approached me and try to get me at some of these conferences, man, I, I'm sometimes like to just to debrief. Like, you know, kudos to the guy that'll find you at the bar or at the coffee shop when you're low key and like can have a conversation. That that's that's a skill set I believe in. That's the best time. But you only have one of those here at the at the at the summit you're pro, pro hosting here. I mean, yeah. the surf and sail. Like, it's the whole experience. The whole experience, so, you know, there, there's so much opportunity for my, my partner, Richard Harris calls it the, the in-between moments, you know, it's in the morning in the ocean, it's sitting, having coffee and breakfast. It's walking back and forth, you know, on the beach from one spot, we do a, a session to where we go have lunch. It's cocktails at night and just shooting the shit about business and, and life. Like you can't replicate that you know, at these large kind of events. And that means something more. And the people who are going to a surf and sales conference are looking for something different. They're looking for connection and they're looking for a powerful kind of experience. And they're looking to get out of their comfort zone a little bit and challenge themselves. You know, 80, 90% of the people who go to surf and sales have never surfed before, ever. You know, so it's not like it's a conference just for surfers who sell. It's the opposite of that. It's people who are a little bit scared to get in the ocean, who, you know, some people are not in the best physical shape and they're like, I got to do this. And, you know, this was super motivating. It was a little scary. I overcame this fear. Like there's a lot of that kind of, kind of stuff. And, you know, that's the, that's the whole vibe, man. The whole vibe. So who, who is the ideal attendee for this? Anybody, man. We had this in November. We just got back uh, a week and a half ago from uh, being in Costa Rica for three weeks. And we had CEOs, VPs of marketing, VPs of sales, people from Canada, Switzerland, obviously all over America, uh, SDRs, AEs, demand gen person, customer success person. You know, it's all over the map, you know, and you don't get to ne necessarily spend a lot of this intimate time with people from other segments when was the last time your sdrs spent a week around a couple tech ceos 
They probably don't even yeah. get that much time with their own CEO, right? So you don't think they're going to learn something there? I mean, yeah. So the, the ideal the ideal person is it's not role dependent. It's more mindset dependent. You know, it's people who are looking for deep networking, a new learning experience, a little bit of a vacation, and uh, you know it ends up self-selecting. So the group that you have is just like, wow, where are these people been my whole life? I, you know, there's something to be said about that. I have had the luxury and opportunity to interview some incredibly successful millionaires and billionaires and founders. And, and the one thing that has been common amongst these, this group of highly high performers, highly successful people, just people who grow is they have a network of people that is around them that is just just as successful, if not where they want to be like getting that network of people. I mean, that is like one of those little like if anyone ever asked, like, hey, what's that key to success? You know, if I could go back and tell myself 20 years ago, hey, man, this is gonna be the key to your success. It would be 100% yeah. get the right fucking network. Yeah. So are, are you going to make that network at the, uh, you know, National Realtor Association sales conference? No. Or are you going to or are you going to get that network, you know, in chunks of 15 and 20 at a time because you just spent a week with these people? It's a pretty obvious mathematical equation, you know, so. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I, I love the concept. I love the theory. I mean, I look at some of the some of the mastermind groups that I've been with in the past that have been small. 20 people less. I mean, I have met advisors to, I've met senior strategic advisors to presidents of the United States. I've been around CEOs and you're, it's all in this type of environment. So I think before we went on air, I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like I, I, I love the concept, man. So Catapult's yeah. Commissions family, if you find yourself in that position where you're saying, hey, I want to level up, like just point blank, I want to level up. I think there's something to be said about putting yourself in an environment where you force yourself to be around like-minded people. If you go make an investment in yourself and you surround yourself with 20 other people who have made the investment in themselves, that's a powerful room. Because some of these conferences, this guy's talking about the National Association Meeting of Realtors or the National Association for Inside Sales Professionals, or whatever these other meetings are, gotta be honest with you, yeah, it's a small investment, yeah, you're there, but I mean, if you're trying to level up to get to that top 1%, that top 2%, that top half percent, then you got to find yourself with people who think like that. So I love that concept. We'll have a link to, to that, uh, to the, the Surf and Sales Summit in the show notes. Um, takes place in Costa Rica. I mean, holy shit. Just, I'm looking at the website now as I'm talking with you. Scott, I think this is fucking amazing. So, <laughs> Well, we'll see you there some one of these one of these times, man. You, you, have, you have no idea. I'm literally going to, you know, fun fact, we're not going to go into a full marriage counseling here, but my business partner and, and CFO of my company and my wife is my wife. So got to, got to go, uh, got to sell my board of directors yeah, on it. So go justify the ROI right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for those, for Catapult Commission's family, for those of you who are listening right now that are, that are married, you know, the board of directors joke. So, uh, that is a fun one. All right. So speaking of listening to stuff, right, you are the host of the number one weekly virtual sales happy hour, Thursday night sales. What is Thursday night sales? What do people listen to when they come and join you on that? Thursday night sales is a, a sales and revenue community, a global community, people all over the world. And uh, every Thursday night, we host a happy hour on Zoom. 
and you know anywhere from 150 to 500 people at a time from all around the world jump on and we've got a questions link and the audience submits questions and my co-founder amy volos and i answer questions for anywhere between two and four hours depending on what we've got going on and how much time we're able to dedicate and uh it's a little bit fun it's a little bit educational it's a little bit irreverent it's a little bit silly uh and you know very uh hopefully educational and and a great place to kind of learn and and hang out there's a big slack community with a couple thousand people in it as well um so it's a great place to uh like I said, just kind of hang out and, you know, it's not in person, but you do the best you can, right? We started this in, in March of 2020, right when COVID hit and, uh, you know, people have gotten, gotten really, really close and it's a place to go hear from others, what they're going through, hear some answers from people like Amy and myself who've been around for a little while and, and hopefully help, uh, help, help you out. And again, big networking opportunity. People are getting jobs left and right from each other. People are selling into each other and, and all that kind of stuff. But mostly, it's a lot of fun, and uh, I really enjoy doing it. Cool. Well, we will have that link also in the show notes, Thursday Night Sales Catapult to Commissions Family. Be sure to go get connected. Go listen to that. Scott, we have a few minutes left on the show, man. I'd love to pick your brain on your thoughts here. You know, the future of sales, you know, we, we, we elaborated a little bit on it. Uh, you know, we, we talked about, you know, that, that boiler room doesn't exist anymore. We've, we've talked about how people, right, you want to retain and treat your customers in the same fashion that, uh, that you, you know, you treat your, your, you treat your employees, your sales employees the same way you treat your customers and, and recruit them, retain them, have them renew with you. But I, I love to, to hear your thought process here. There's, Catapult to Commissions, the audience you're speaking to right now, you you have a group of people who make this transition from individual contributors to group leaders to sales leader, mid-level manager. Right? So now they're managing a sales team. They may not be the founder. They may not be the CEO. But if you had to go back in your career, you've built multiple things. You advise people on multiple things. Let, let's, just, let's just talk the people component of sales. Everything that our customer can experience now, our salespeople can experience now, right? Instant access, instant community, instant feedback. You know, you by, by the time you're interviewing someone to keep with you, they've already researched you more than you researched them, right? Same thing happens in your customers. So for that new sales manager, right, who goes from individual contributor to uh, new sales manager, what are some of the things that that person can do right away to make an immediate impact on their new role, their new team around them, and taking some of the things we talk, we spoke about earlier? I mean, I think your job as a sales manager is to remove obstacles and blockers out of the way so your sales reps can perform better. And that looks like a lot of different things. You know, it could be a, a product feature request that I got to go track down. It could be lack of leads. It could be somebody who's struggling with objections and rebuttals and they need to practice it could be somebody who's not sharp on the demo and they need to role play that um it could be somebody who's having a difficult time in their life and they just need somebody to show up and show that they care and will listen and help problem solve you know some kind of situation going on in in their personal lives but that's your job your job as a sales leader is to help that rep get to wherever it is they want to go next in their life and if you do that often enough, these people will produce 
and they will love you for it and they will stick around for a very long time. So that's kind of how I would start every one of my days as a sales leader. It's like, what's up, Anthony? How's it going today? What can I do? What can I do to help you today? What's in your way? Like, how can you, how can you grow your pipeline more? How can you close a deal? Like, give me one thing, you know, sometimes people be like, you go give me a cup of coffee. I'd be like, okay, done. I'll be your butler for a day. You know, whatever, whatever you need, I got you. Right. So it's just that servant leader, leadership kind of a kind of mindset. You know, that's, that's the most impactful thing that you could do. Man, to hear you say that with the experience you have, I think is so profound because there's some, some, you know, you always think about like the bad sales managers, the bad sales apples you hear. And it is really is they lose that servant leadership mindset. And I love, love that approach. Remove the obstacles, remove the blockers. So you get rid of those things. You help your people continue to grow. I, I love that catapulting commission family. If you find yourself in that position where you're new to sales management, new to building a team, take Scott's advice to heart, right? Remove those obstacles, remove those blockers. And by removing that, I think you build a level of loyalty to you, right? Not to the company, but to you. And that's really, really what we want there. Yeah, right, which, Scott, is what, what, important, which is super important. Sorry to interrupt. It's super important yeah. because everybody says people leave managers. They don't leave companies. They leave bad managers, not the company, right? So if they become loyal to you as a good manager, they're less likely to go anywhere. Very true. Scott Lease, guys, Catapult Commission's family. Scott Lease today, he is a consultant. You're also a, a best-selling author. We really even touched too much on that process. You have the book, Addicted to the Process. You have the book, From Rep to the Manager. And then is More Than a Number out, or is that the book that's coming out? It's out. More Than a Number came out in June of, of this year. It's been out for a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's kind of my trilogy. The first book is about being a rep. The second book is about being a manager. The third book is about being a VP. Awesome. Well, you know what? Catapults Commissions family, if you're on that trajectory from rep to being a manager to being this VP CEO founder, you want to get connected with that. We will have all those links in the show notes for you below. Scott Lees he is the founder of the Surf and Sales Sentiment, the host and founder of Thursday Night Sales, the founder of the Scott Lees Consulting Company, and the best-selling author of Addicted to the Process from Rep to Manager and More Than a Number. Scott, Thank you for joining the Catapulting Commissions podcast. How does the audience find you specifically? What's the best platform to look you up at? You know, two things. LinkedIn, you can find me on LinkedIn. I post a lot of content there. I respond to everybody who sends me messages. Um, as far as like direct interaction, register thursdaynightsales.com. I'm there every Thursday uh, answering questions from people just like you in, in the audience and uh, join the Slack community. And uh, hopefully one day, Maybe I'll see you in Costa Rica. Those are the best ways to get a hold of me. Likewise, Scott. Well, I will be sure to share that Catapult Commission family, ThursdayNightSales.com. If you want to take your sales summit to the next level, Surf and Sales or Sales Conference Experience to the next level, Surf and Sales Summit is uh, a place you want to meet and get a chance to get with Scott. And if you can't surf, who cares? Just get out there and get connected with the community. So Catapult Commission family, you know what to do? Like, subscribe, comment, and I will see you next week. Catapulting Commission's family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commission's podcast. Finally, 
If you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.